This is Positively Farming Media. After a long day at my desk, one of my fave ways to unwind is with my flock by throwing a grubbly happy hour. The best part about a grubbly happy hour is you can enjoy it in whatever way suits you best. Whether you choose to do a leisurely stroll as your feathered friends follow you for more, rage throw them at the sky so they rain down and melt the day's stressors away, or get fancy and mix up a grublito for your flock and mojito for yourself, there's no wrong way to do it. All you need is a bag of Grubbly Farms Grubblies and the energy to get to where your cluckin' BFFs are. To get yours, go to grublyfarms.com and use code DRINKINFARM25 for 25% off your first bag. And take the mental stress off your party planning by subscribing and having your Grubblies auto-delivered, and you'll also save on every shipment. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero fucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. I am your host, Bev Ross, and Sam is still on maternity leave, but she and I are scheduling a chat to work back into a rotation uh, that works with her life and her schedule, so you will be seeing Sam on the podcast again soon, or I guess I should say listening to Sam on the podcast, because you can't see her, and you can't see me today either, because it's been a while since I've been able to record anything new. And I realized that one of the things that was stopping me from being able to move forward was all the number of things that had to be done. So for this episode, I decided to cut out YouTube to take the pressure off so that I could get an episode out. Uh, and I'm so glad that I'm doing that. So I apologize, YouTube listeners, this episode is not going to go up on YouTube unless it goes up as an audio only. There will be no video with it. Um, and I think that you guys will be able to live though. Because um, first off, this is a semi-new episode. Uh, I am going to uh, replay part of another one of our winter prep episodes because I had three winter prep episodes chosen for this series, and I want to make sure that you got to hear all three of the prior episodes that um, I had picked out for this. And the reason is, um, as I was listening to old episodes and seeing you know, what kinds of things we've already talked about and uh, what things seemed to resonate with you listeners the most, and uh, I realized that every year we do a winter prep episode, number one. Every year, our winter prep is kind of the same, but kind of different. And I noticed that there was a really great kind of evolution for both Sam and I through these winter prep episodes that I think 
you'll really enjoy getting to hear really close together. So I know that the last uh, replay of a winter prep episode was several weeks ago. If you need to re-listen to those first, go ahead and stop this and go do that. And then listen to this one fresh right after listening to those. And I think that you'll really hear what I'm talking about when you do that. So uh, I know that talking about winter probably is making you feel like uh, winter is going to last forever. Um, But in this throwback episode, we dive a little deeper into how to make winter prep easier on your future self and why being ready for winter to just roll in at any moment is a great idea, especially if you live in the Midwest. So here in Ohio, I have not actually had a freeze yet as of the day that I am recording this, um, but it is going to be any day now. In fact, it is in the forecast. And so there is still some prep that needs to be done for winter. And hearing this episode was a great reminder that there are things that I can do for myself to make it easier on myself every year. And that's essentially the name of the game, right? You can only take on so many things unless you're setting up systems that set you up for success. And I think that kind of fits into a nutshell, the kind of growth and whatnot that I've been doing over the last couple of months and years as well. So I do hope that you really enjoy it. And after you hear it, I've got a couple fun things to update you on. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Natalie Quist, and she is at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. All right, let's get right to it. Let's talk about a necessary evil, at least up here in the Midwest, and that (laughs) is preparing for winter. (laughs) I feel like I'm late to the game this year, but that's because it was not winter. And then suddenly it was. Yes. Like I woke up yesterday and everything was frozen solid. We didn't even have like a teaser frost this year. It was (laughs) no frost, no frost, no frost, everything frozen solid. And that's it. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Even the water buckets were frozen this morning. I was like, gosh, darn it. (laughs) Yeah. We had a teaser frost. And then I think it was yesterday was the first day that stuff was frozen. So I had the foresight to just dump all the outdoor buckets last night after I put everyone to bed so I could just fill them up in the morning. So we've done past winter prep episodes So we'll point those out in the show notes. I did a quick search this morning and it was like episode 46, 87 and 134. So this lets you know that we talk about this pretty much every year. Yep. Because every single winter is different. We might have different animals. We might have come up with better solutions. So we just like to talk about this to make your life easier. So you don't have to make the same mistakes that we've learned from. Exactly. So if you haven't heard those past winter episodes, be sure and go listen to those after we're done with this one, because there will definitely be information in it that we didn't cover again, because that's just the way that it goes. (laughs) Yeah. So Sam, to kick this off, why don't you let us know what you are doing to prepare for this winter? So... The first thing that I did, because I've kind of started a little bit 
but I feel behind. But if I remember back to last year, I was like really behind. So really I'm not. And I just put a lot of pressure on myself to do things right. (laughs) But the first thing that I did was I did a little happy dance to my earlier in 2021 self for buying a storage tub for all the winter things. So I didn't have to go on the scavenger hunt that I've gone on in previous years to find heated rabbit waters, stock tank heaters, extension cords, because like we have extension cords everywhere in the winter. So I was really glad that I planned ahead there. (laughs) So the first (laughs) thing I did was thanked my early 2021 self. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're finding that when you go to winter prep listeners and everything is everywhere, you can learn a lesson from that and get yourself a storage tote now so that when you put away the winter things in the spring, you have a place to store them, put them away all clean, and then you're ready to go for the following winter. And it's amazing how those little things really make a difference when it comes time to set yourself up the next time. Like you have a choice when you're putting stuff away or getting stuff out every season to either make it easier on your future self (laughs) or not. (laughs) Yes, totally agree. Podcasting is about so much more than just showing up. I mean, showing up as part of it, no you, no show. But podcasting is also about discovering and recognizing what prevents you from showing up or releasing your podcast episodes consistently and fixing it in a way that recognizes you're more than just a podcast host. Is it available time, unexpected extra things flying at you from all angles, or do you need to create your podcast in a way that fits your real life? Caitlin Dubin of The Roll Woman Podcast and I have teamed up to create Positively Farming Media just for food and farm-focused podcasters so they can easily get the tools they need to set up podcast systems that will let them do just that. You'll connect with other podcasters within our niche, learn how to start and continually improve the quality and consistency of your podcast, reach more listeners, get paid for your time, and so much more. Learn more about the Positively Farming Media Mastermind by going to PositivelyFarmingMedia.com. So what's something that you've done early-ish this year? So I was one of those people that did not make this year's winter prep easier on myself. Last year in the spring, it was really late by the time I got to remove all of the... um, heated waterers and, you know, heated dog bowls and all of that good stuff. So I basically Mm -hmm. just unplugged them and then threw them in a pile in the barn Mm -hmm. because it went from needing them to suddenly not needing them. And I just didn't have the time to put them away. But it was time to put my father-in-law's boat away. We store his boat in our barn. We've got a tractor this year that has to go in our barn. We needed hay to fit in our barn. And I needed both barn stalls to be available because I'm hoping that I will have more than one goat going into labor at the same time come February-ish. 
So the barn needed to be organized, and so did our feed tack room because everything was a mess and everything was everywhere. So <laughs> over the last couple of weekends, that's what I've been doing. I've been going out to the barn, and I just put my headphones in, and I was just pulling everything out and putting it in a pile, cleaning what wasn't clean, and then stacking everything up nicely on shelves that we have installed in our feed tack room. Um, so that everything was all nicely organized. Um, and it made a huge difference. The tractor's in there. The boat is now in there. The barn is full of hay. And Yay. my tack room is immaculate. Like, I know exactly where everything is at. Feed, like prepping feed to go out, takes me two minutes because I just scoop, scoop, mix, and then I'm ready to walk out the door. Whereas before, I was having to, like, juggle bags around and dig through stuff and <laughs> find scoops and find, you know, buckets to put the feed into once I did it. But now everything's all all nice. And that has just been huge. Like, mm -hmm. I don't dread doing chores right now at this moment because it's so good. easy. <laughs> good. So are you going to change anything this year in your winter prep from previous years? I don't really think so. I might consolidate some flocks because we have the My Pet Chicken chickens from this year are in an omelet coop. So I'm thinking of just putting them in with my main flock. And then I've thought about moving my other chickens from my cutest coop and with the others, but that just seems like a lot. So <laughs> we'll see what we might do. We did finish processing the rest of the meat birds. Okay. So that's not an issue. So we have free space there, but I plan on getting more meat birds. I think they'll be here in March. So I might just clean that space so it's done and ready for when those meat birds show up. And then we're also going to get turkeys, I think, around the end of April. So we'll need to do some, like, cupid shuffling of things probably in the <laughs> spring. But if I could just clean that space up really good before the snow flies and just know it's ready. And then it's one less building to have to take care of in the winter. That might be what we do. But otherwise, I feel like we kind of have this winter thing down but for us i think the forecast this week it's gonna like freeze at night but next week we're back in the 40s at night so i'm not gonna dig everything out but maybe when it's a little warmer next week or next weekend i'll set everything up so i'm not freezing when yeah. i'm setting everything up for them <laughs> But I echo your organizing your tech room. We need to clean out the barn and really probably need to get a dumpster again. But I just don't want to pay for it. <laughs> so we might have to get creative with some of our junk and maybe just put it in a spot where we can do that in the spring. So yeah. I also have way too many barn cats right now. So that creates an, a unique issue trying to clean anything out because mm -hmm. they just want to hang out at my feet. So if anybody listening needs cats, <laughs> I have teenage kittens that need new <laughs> homes. If you're in Michigan, hit me up so I can give them to you for free. <laughs> They're just looking for good homes at this point. They're so sweet, but they want to be like in my space. So I have to like put them in like dog crate condo type situation if I want to do anything in there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So major barn clean out. Definitely need to do that. Too. Yeah. 
So I mentioned kind of a Cupid shuffle situation. Do you have to do any shuffling before the snow flies? Yes, I do. I have to move the goats and the donkeys because I'm going to actually switch where the lady goats are at and put them in the donkey pasture. And I'm going to move the donkeys into where the lady goats currently are. And I'm doing that for two reasons. One is I want to put the taller water trough in with where the ducks are. So the donkeys will live with the ducks instead of the goats living with the ducks. And that's because the ducks won't be able to get into the taller trough. So they will be limited to getting into their water instead of continually mucking up the goat's water um, because that has just become a health crisis for lack of a better word yeah and also donkeys and goats use pasture differently so the donkeys have pretty much eradicated anything that was grass in their area and so now it's all weeds and the goats have this lovely patch of the prettiest grass you've ever seen (laughs) and they're not eating it yeah (laughs) so the goats would prefer the weeds and the donkeys would prefer to have nice beautiful grass so if I can get into a good rotation where I'm rotating the two of them before either of them have destroyed a place then I might be able to manage that land better so that we don't end up with one being two weeds heavy and the other one like not having any weeds at all I think that there's a balance to be found between the two of Mm -hmm. them and so that's another reason but we have not moved the donkeys shelter before it's the really tall structure yeah like a giraffe could enter that thing (laughs) yes so that will be interesting I don't know maybe Perhaps we'll do it this weekend. I'm not sure. We have our ghost walk on Saturday, so that's going to end up being a busy day. So we may not get around to it this weekend, but perhaps the following weekend, if not this weekend, we'll be able to do that. But I do want to do it soon because the donkeys and the goats keep getting in with each other anyways. And I think that if I move the donkeys, they wouldn't be trying to get into the goats area. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they see that grass over there and they're like longing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can obviously tell that it is greener. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next on your list? So I think the last couple things really are just to make sure all the heaters are functional. I dropped some links in our notes of things that I use. They all come from Tractor Supply. Who does not sponsor us? And most of them are like from the Farm Innovation line, who also does not sponsor us. So this is just us. (laughs) Yes. Sponsor us. So uh, these are the things that I use and have a lot of. And they're like various price points. But if you're looking for what actually works... These at least work for us. Mm-hmm. They're like heated water bottles for rabbits. We have way too many of those, but they're all necessary. I like the Ice Chaser multi-use utility de-icer. That's what we use um, in all of our troughs and for the duck pools, too. That's a little floating disc, right? And it's safe to use in plastic. Yeah, it doesn't float. Oh, yours doesn't float. Per se. Okay, mine does. No. It's a sinker. Okay, mine's a floater. <laughs> but yeah you can use that in the plastic and you can also use that in your rubber troughs or whatever you may use yeah just make sure you double check the box and make sure i'm not full of crap for that sort of thing but we haven't had any problems 
And then we have a six gallon heated flat back plastic bucket and then also an 18 quart rubber bucket. So the 18 quart heated flat back rubber bucket is really great if you have larger animals or if you're like me and you have like 20 goats. They drink a lot of water. <laughs> yep. You just plug it right in. So it's like a giant heated dog dish, which also note if you need some younger goats, I will be posting those on the internet soon. <laughs> so if you're in Michigan, let me know. Timber. Sam's got some animals that she needs to yes. rehome before the snow flies. Yes. 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 Having COVID in October derailed a lot of my selling timeline. I'm sure that it did. Yeah, I bet. It's like, you can't, clearly can't be around people. Yeah. So um, help a girl out. If you're a listener, I will cut you a good deal on stuff too. Um, Mention code drink and farm. Yes. <laughs> we'll get you a good deal on some animals. Yes. Some very affectionate animals. So yes, those products are what we use here. So if you're feeling a little lost on where to start, definitely check those out. So yep, just testing our heaters, testing our buckets, because we do use them for months and months and months on end. I have pretty low expectations of how long these things will last. Some of them are a little more on the expensive side, maybe, but considering the amount of time it's going to save you from just trying to have to bust open water buckets. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth the 40 bucks for the de-icer, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, so speaking of that, every year I feel like I get a little better at collecting the tools and items that are needed in order to do winter efficiently. Because on the days where the weather is just really bad, the last thing you want to do is have to be out there any longer than you need to. And you also don't want to be wasting energy and time on things that could be done just more effectively in the event that there's something that needs more of your attention because the weather can cause more issues on the farm just in general. You know, you can end up with infrastructure issues or animals mm -hmm. can get sick because of weather or anything that is happening. So my goal is always just to make the general everyday stuff easier so that I have the space to take care of those things yeah. um, easier in the long run, because then my brain's not muddled down by just worrying about the everyday. I have space to show up in emergencies the way that I want to. And so one of the things that I've done this year, and they haven't come in yet, so I can't speak on them quite yet, but I will do some follow-up later. I ordered some hay chicks hay nets for everyone, and I did two for each pasture. So there's a livestock size one for the cow, and then there's the one and a quarter inch for the goats and the donkeys. And so what my plan is, so I've got eight nets in all, essentially. I'm going to fill them and then rotate them through. So I'm never having to walk through the pastures to go collect empty nets before I go fill. At the beginning of the day, I'll fill the nets for morning breakfast and I'll go take them out there and hang them where they belong and collect the empty ones. And then when I go back in the barn to put them in, I'm going to fill them right then so that when I go out to do evening chores, I just have to pick up the full nets and the feed and then bring them out and drop them all off while I'm picking up the empty ones. So I hope that that makes sense. What I'm trying to avoid is having to do back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with feeding 
And hay nets allows me to carry more hay at a time for four pastures, because that's what I've run into now this year. I have four pastures where I need to drop hay off at, and I'd have to make multiple trips in order to do that and bring all the feed scoops and stuff, because, like, you know, the, the ducks need feed, the goats need goat feed and all of that. Everyone else will probably eat most a mostly hay diet during this winter, except the occasional like treat and stuff. But then I can save myself time when I'm dropping off hay and maybe some mess too. Cause that's the other thing I really hate about hay. I hate getting it like down in my collar, like in the front of my jacket. Yeah. And it like sticks to yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. When it's windy and I like throw it over the fence like I did yesterday and then it's like in my bra all day and I'm constantly like picking it out of my hair all day. It's like I understand the pain there. So tell me more about these hay nuts because I've heard that hay nuts are not necessarily a good idea for goats because they're curious and they can get stuck in them. Um, But I think that's maybe more like baby goats. So are these different than your traditional like horse Well, they're kind of similar, but they've got all of the like buckles and clips and things that you need to hang them really well. And they also have like a strap that like kind of wraps around the bottom and kind of picks them up. So like I said, I haven't gotten them yet. So I haven't been able to like really set them up, but they had guidelines for if you wanted to use these with other livestock. And so one of them, though, is they are not for horned goats. And I don't have any horned goats because horned goats, I mean, horned goats just get stuck in stuff in general because of the shape of their different horns and things. So they they have different challenges that non-horned goats don't have. And they're also designed so they waste less hay also, which was attractive Mm. to me because we have a hay manger type of thing in the goat's shed but they were just ripping it out and playing with it and then filling the whole thing up with hay and then it was a pain to move the shelter when it was time to move it because the hay had stacked so high it was just it was a waste of food it was a waste of money and so what i'm actually going to do with theirs is their hay net is actually just going to get hung and put inside that manger so they've still got to stick their heads through the little thing to like slow feed out of it okay but it's supposed to reduce the amount of hay that drops and ends up getting wasted as well which i think is like everyone's challenge there's a bunch of different types of feeders out there you can get for goats that are supposed to help with the waste but i think no matter what goats waste a little bit so i'm not trying to completely eliminate it but i am trying to reduce it because i only got 60 bales this year it's 20 more than i did last year and all i have are two more goats but i did feel like i felt like i stressed about the hay a lot last year and i don't want to do that (laughs) yeah i think we have like we bought like well we're still paying for it because the farmer we get our hay from is very nice and lets us like pay an installment. Nice. Because I got four thousand dollars worth of hay this year. Oh my gosh. I yeah. mine was only four twenty five or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But we this is like second cutting Cadillac horse quality hay uh, okay. that he cuts. Yeah. So we have some like crappier bales too that we're going through and giving to the cow. Mm-hmm. The cow will eat anything. So this includes some of that. Yep. And the goats really like this hay, and we're helping out a farmer, too. But that is a very big hay bill, but it was like 500 bales. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's going to last you for, like, years. So, yeah. Well, a year. Oh. You'll go through 500 (laughs) this year? 
yeah. Really? Between the cow and like 20 goats. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of that might be the waste issue, but we take advantage of our waste issue and that auto magically creates the deep litter method mm-hmm. for us in the winter. The only problem is it piles up to the point where we're almost hitting our head on the ceiling <laughs> of the barn, which is where we're at right now. If we needed to clean that out yeah. before the snow flies, that's one of our other big Get that skipped out. Yeah. Which is going to suck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We've got nine goats now, but two of them are new. We had seven last year and we mm-hmm. went through all 40 bales, but that's it. But also I, I don't feed hay in the summertime. Everyone just rotates through oh. the pastures and has grass. And I supplement with like some Timothy pellets and seeds and some other things yeah. just to keep everybody happy. But everyone, everyone grazes because we have the pasture land for that Mm -hmm. so that's how i save so much on the hay but i am expecting to go through all 60 bales by the time the grass starts growing again so i am a little Mm -hmm. nervous but i always buy some backup bales from tractor supply i get those standily compressed timothy bales i always keep Mm -hmm. like five of those on hand so that in an emergency i have extra hay and also i buy some of those compressed straw bales as well for an emergency because the donkeys will eat straw a lot of people actually recommend (laughs) straw for donkeys because they can tend to have weight issues but i buy the cutting that's appropriate for donkeys from the local farmer that i get mine from so mine's not cadillac hay although he did say that this year mine hay was seven dollars a bale which is a dollar more than it usually is but he said it was because they had a lot of really good stuff in it this year so yeah. i mean yeah ours was 625 and that was for him to put it up in our barn too mm-hmm. and because of like just the sheer volume that we were buying i think he gave us a break on that too because that hay has been like seven dollars available for yeah so yeah <laughs> it's expensive and it's not something that you necessarily think of when you're excited to get a new animal, but like fancy, like my husband probably thinks she only needs like, he, I think he gyps her, which <laughs> I shouldn't say gyp. I think he doesn't give her enough. So if he feeds her in the morning, I'm like throwing her some extra slices in the afternoon. But like you said, like the hay or the grass is basically like done for the year here. Yeah. And she's just in the one pasture and it's, very muddy in there so it's like i'm gonna give her extra and Mm -hmm. whatever whatever she doesn't eat just returns back to the grass and covers the mud and eventually sprouts new grass or whatever was in the hay (laughs) circle of life it's totally cool but yeah she requires quite a bit and yeah those dang goats yep they make a mess they do (laughs) So that is all we've really got for our our winterizing so far this year. But we would love to hear your ideas. So please come join our Facebook group and make a comment in there and let us know what you're doing for winter. That way we can all kind of learn from each other and share ideas. It's a great way to find other people, too, that are in your area and your zone that have similar winter issues. Because, like, Sam's in Michigan. I'm in Ohio. Ours are relatively similar. Sam will get more snow than I will, but our temps will be pretty similar. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this throwback episode about how Sam and I prepped for winter. 
Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to update you on is I realized after listening to this episode that there are a few things that I have actually done for myself and a couple of things that I know that I still need to do that I haven't. And I thought that you would appreciate uh, having that list of stuff that I've done and haven't done um, just so you can kind of start uh, your brain working towards whatever it is that you want to do this year to get ready as winter does roll in because we know that it's going to. So one of the things that I haven't done yet that I really need to do is I need to do something different with my ducks. The ducks just cause so many problems with water. And um, in the winter, I already have a hard enough time with water. Uh, I did get one of those flexi hoses last year. And that really has been a total game changer when it comes to filling troughs and filling pools and stuff like that for the animals. Um, But here in Southern Ohio, it does get cold enough for long enough stretches uh, that we end up with everything being frozen pretty solid if I don't have de-icers in them. So that causes a problem with my duck pools. And um, the ducks will also sometimes knock those de-icers out if they jump into a trough. uh, And then suddenly the goats don't have Uh, water to drink because it's frozen. So obviously that's not ideal. So I would like to move my ducks somewhere else. And that is something that I do have on my mind and is in the works. And uh, the reason why I think it might actually happen this year is because another thing that I've really been needing to do was put a gate in between the goat and the donkey pasture. So if you have ever seen on my Instagram, when we put up our fences, we tend to just stretch some fence in between where the gate opening is going to go and then install the gates later because we're just trying to get a pasture done. We're not trying to make it perfect. And what has ended up happening for us is it really delays when we put a gate in. So between the goat and the donkey pasture, There hasn't been a gate, just a stretch of fence for years, like years and years since we built the pastures. And I believe we built those in 2018. So it's definitely been a while. Well, my husband put that gate up in between the goat and the donkey pasture. And I am so thankful for that and so relieved because it is definitely going to make this winter so much easier because with that gate in, I can move the duck house into the donkey area, which means that the ducks and the donkeys will live together and the ducks cannot get into the donkey trough because it's too high. So they will be relegated to their lower water uh, that I will fill for them and keep up to date. And it's closer to the spigot. So I just wanted to share that with you so that if you had something that you knew was kind of a pain for you last winter, could give you some ideas for um, just getting creative and out of the box and to fix it. So if you go to the show notes over at drinkandfarm.com slash 214, you will get um, if you go to the show notes over at drinkandfarm.com slash 214, there will be updated links in the show notes to a lot of the things that we talked about um, in this episode that we use and that are helpful, um, and some updated links for some things that we've changed um, 
that we may have originally talked about in the episode, but we use something slightly different now. So be sure to go check that out for some ideas um, for things you can get that can make things a little easier on your farm. All right. Well, do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm. We'll send you a promo code just for this episode that will give you a percentage off in our shop. And you want to do that because the shop has recently been updated. There's just a handful of new things. More new things are coming, but uh, you definitely want that discount code because there's an adorable, like cozy sweater that's embroidered with drink farm and gives zero clucks. And it's basically like the greatest thing ever. I would live in that sweater if I could, or I guess it's a sweatshirt technically, but it, it's pretty freaking soft. <laughs> and before I go, I wanted to shout out some of our Patreon peeps, Angela Hollis, Tonya Harold, Kimberly Taylor, and DC Teitzel. They are our snazzy and head producer Patreon peeps over on the Patreon and if you are confused and you don't know what that is, you can go to patreon.com slash drink and farm and check out the different tier levels and perks uh, that you can get in exchange for supporting the show. Um, more new stuff is going to be going up there and we just revamped it, just added new discounts and all sorts of cool stuff. So if you haven't checked it out in a while, you'll definitely want to do that. All right. Until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Want to become a part of an exclusive drink and farm club with benefits? Then you want to become a Patreon peep. Patreon peeps receive exclusive discounts on merch, fun gifts from Sam and I, a whole series of our show that isn't available anywhere else, and so much more. There are different levels of membership available, so you can choose one that has the perks you want. And the best part is you can adjust your peep level anytime, which means that you can participate in a way that works best for you. Becoming a Patreon peep is the number one way you can tell the world that this podcast is worth creating and listening to because your membership has a direct impact on the show's budget. To join, go to patreon.com slash drink and farm today and pick a tier that has the perks you want.